Hi, you are listening to Encouraging Women for Christ, and I'm your host and Bible teacher, Courtney Silberman. Ladies, have you been looking for a simple, straightforward way to understand the book of Revelation? Well, join us today as we take this amazing book one verse at a time using easy-to-understand explanations and other verses in the Bible to go through this incredible book. I know you are going to leave each teaching blessed and refreshed in the Word of God and hopeful in what's to come as a follower of Jesus Christ. And hey, if you are just beginning your journey to understand what a relationship with Jesus is, please join us too. You will learn so much about Jesus' love for you and hear all about how you can enter into a personal relationship with God for yourself. Let's be excited together about the glorious future we have in Christ Jesus. And know we will be blessed, as Revelation 1-3 tells us, when we invest the time in learning the book of Revelation together. Welcome back to our study in the book of Revelation. I am Courtney, and today we are going to be in Revelation chapter 17. And so what we are going to see now is the very, very end of the tribulation, and we are going to talk about Babylon. And so we're going to look at chapter 17, and when we get to chapter 18, we're also going to talk about Babylon. So both of these chapters give us a lot of detail about Babylon. So let's begin in prayer, and then I'm going to read Revelation chapter 17. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that it is truth. Thank you that it goes out into our hearts and shapes us into what you are saying is going on so we can understand your will. Help us to heed it today and listen to what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Revelation chapter 17. I am in the New King James Version. Please feel free to follow along. I've provided links below this video. You can click on that link. It'll take you right to Revelation chapter 17 and you can see what I am reading. Okay, it says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made to made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and and precious stones and pearls having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. 
five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was, is not, is himself also an eighth, and is of the seven, and is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and that they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Verse 15, Then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues, and the ten horns which you saw on the beast. These will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Okay, let's take this one step at a time and let's back up for just a minute. Remember when we talked about the seven bowls, we looked at the seventh bowl and it was judgment on Babylon. And at that point, God said, it is done. And at that point, the judgment of God was finished on the earth and the seven year tribulation is coming to an end. And so what we see in chapter 17 and 18 is the full details of that seventh bowl being poured out. When it was poured out, God said, it is done. And now in chapter 17 and 18, we are seeing the full understanding of who Babylon is, what Babylon is, and what exactly is being judged by God here. So we're going to take this one step at a time as we go through it together, and we're going to do some cross-referencing in some other places in Scripture to help us understand more um, what God is talking to us about, what He is telling us here, because every time He is sharing something with us like this, we are being changed, we're being renewed in our minds so that we can discern what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God as Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 2 tells us. So let's begin with chapter 1, uh, with verse 1 and 2, and let's just hear the beginning of this judgment of Babylon. So it says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, who, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So here in the beginning of this vision of this judgment, one of the angels um, who had the seven bowls came to John, this is the Apostle John once again speaking, and said, come, let me show you this judgment of um, this great harlot who sits on many waters. And so um, John in verse 3 it says he is carried away in the spirit into the wilderness and he saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns. It says here in verse 4 the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet 
and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And then verse 6 says, John said, he said, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. So this was quite a sight that God, that John had saw, um, that God showed him in this case. And he marveled with great amazement as the angel showed John this vision of the judgment of Babylon. So let's figure out what Babylon is. And in order to do that, we need to go actually all the way back into Genesis chapter 10. It's the first time we have the mention of Babylon. And so we're going to let scripture interpret this for us to get a sense of what is Babylon and why Babylon is being judged. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 10. Okay, and we're going to read about the first instance of Babylon. So this is in the very beginning. This is after, um, we're actually going to be in Genesis chapter 11, excuse me. This is after the flood of Noah. Okay, so Noah, um, Noah goes through the flood with his family. They come out of the flood and their family starts to um, be fruitful and multiply and spread out all over the earth. Okay, and so from Noah's family all and from Shem, Hem, and Japheth, the three sons of Noah, all the population of the earth came from Noah's descendants and the three sons. So let's pick up actually in verse 11 of Genesis. And it says, and we're, I'm going to start by reading Genesis 11.1. 1. Um, it says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and had asphalt for mortar and they said, come. And listen to verse 4. Let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Remember that phrase in the mentality of Babel. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And then in verse 5 says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, and this is, this is God, the triune God speaking, Come, let us go down and, there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore the name is Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. So this is the first time we hear the term Babel, which means confuse or confusion. And that's where Babylon comes from. It's confusion. And look at the mentality here in the original Tower of Babel. They 
they wanted to, they were all one and they said, let us build a tower to heaven. Let's create a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And then the Lord had to come down. He saw the tower which the sons of men had built and listen to what the Lord said in verse six. He said, indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. And look what he says. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. If the Lord had not gone down and created this confusion of languages so that they would stop building the tower, it would not have been a good situation. And, and I just think about this, how man was created in God's image in terms of creativity and all of the things that man can do, um, that God gave him power to do. And yet in this case, this was wickedness because they wanted to build a tower. They wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to make a name for themselves in Babel. So the Lord had to confuse their language and scatter them abroad over the face of the earth. So this is our foundation to understand Babel and Babylon um, as we go back to chapter 17 in Revelation. So let's go back to chapter 17 and let's pick up um, in verse 7. So remember John saw this sight of the woman on the scarlet beast and the name written on her forehead and she was drunk with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. So let's pick up in verse 7 now um, and the angel's response to John. He says, but the angel said to me, why do, did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, marvel those whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Now this is, uh, we have already talked about this when we looked at the beast um, in Revelation chapter 13 and we looked in detail then. So if you haven't learned about the beast, um, from the sea, you want to probably go back and look at our video that we did for Revelation chapter 13 to go into more detail. But this is sort of um, bringing that up again and talking about the fact that this woman who rides this beast is the beast from Revelation chapter 13. This is the Antichrist she, ri she rides here um, and has this, this weird relationship with. Um, very strange. And he is the one, as it says in the second part of verse 8, and those who, on the, uh, who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. So those are all who take the mark of the beast. And we talked about that in more detail as well. Um, from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Remember the beast uh, faked a resurrection. He was dead and he rose again and he faked this resurrection and all marveled at him and thought he was so amazing that they wanted to worship him and they took the mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And I just, I think that's very interesting to think about those who took the mark, had it on their right hand or their forehead. And here is this woman of Babylon who has a name written on her forehead, the mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So the, the, the beast um, definitely marks his people. He marks those who are following him and worshiping him. Um, 
And that is what he, his character is. That's what he does. Okay, so let's pick up in verse 9. It says, Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also an eighth king and is of the seven and is going to perdition. Remember how we just looked at Genesis chapter 11 and talked about Babel, the Tower of Babel. Well, not only was it that a physical tower that was built at that time or tried to be built during that time, it really is a, a sense of a, a world system, a world mentality where, um, where it's a domination, it's to make a name for ourselves up to heaven. So it's interesting here that we're really in verse 10 looking back at some of the previous uh, world kingdoms that had already gone, that had come and gone. And that's what verse 10 is talking about there. These seven kings, five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue for a short time. So that one that had not yet come is referring to the beast, the antichrist kingdom that will come during that second half of the tribulation that's going to go into destruction. But these five have fallen are these previous kingdoms that have already existed throughout history. And the point of this is saying it's a, it's still a mentality of Babylon even though these weren't specifically the Antichrist kingdoms yet these were Gentile kingdoms that had this um, this system, this world system mentality of, of making themselves great and building a name to the, for themselves all the way up to heaven. So we can get a better explanation of this if we go back to Daniel and so let's go back to, let's go to Daniel chapter 2 when these kingdoms were first discussed in the beginning of the book of Daniel to uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Now King Nebuchadnezzar was the uh, king, of, uh, the great king of the nation of Babylon. Babylon um, was that first nation and they are the nation, they were a great nation that took over so much of, of that part of the world during that time and they were the nation that came and ended up conquering in Judah, conquering Jerusalem, burning Jerusalem, and taking uh, the Jews captive into Babylon. Okay, and so in, in Daniel chapter 2, when Daniel, the prophet Daniel, who was one of the Jewish exiles who went into Babylon and served the king, served King Nebuchadnezzar during uh, this particular chapter, what happens is Nebuchadnezzar has this dream of a statue and nobody is able to interpret it. But Daniel is able to come in and interpret this dream for King Nebuchadnezzar and it turns out that this dream ended up showcasing or showing the different kingdoms that were going to come that is what that verse back in Revelation 17 is talking about. So let's take a look at the interpretation of the dream and let's pick up in Daniel chapter 2 and let's uh, look at verse 31. Okay, so this is Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king of Babylon during the time, and let's tell, let's see what the interpretation of the dream was. So Daniel says to the king, "You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image, this great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome." 
This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet of partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on the feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Okay, so I read from Daniel chapter 2, I read from verse 31 down to verse 35. Okay, so this is the image, this is the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had. Um, and each of the elements of the statue represented different kingdoms that have come and gone since. So the very first one, the top one was Babylon. The head of gold, that was Babylon. That was the empire mentioned here. The next empire was the, the Medes and the Persians. The next empire were the Greeks. Think of Alexander the Great. And the next empire after that was the Roman Empire. So these have all come and gone since then. But what's going to happen is the Antichrist kingdom in the feet um, and then the toes, the ten toes, this, an this Antichrist kingdom is going to rise out of the ashes of the Roman Empire. And that is, um, that is the last um, kingdom that will be before Jesus returns. Jesus is the stone that comes and crushes the feet of the statue and all the rest of the statue breaks apart and goes like chaff in the wind. And that is, um, that is when Jesus returns. Return. So this is not only showing all these empires that have come and gone throughout history, it's also showing the return of Jesus Christ, how he crushes the Antichrist kingdom when he returns. Okay, so that is, the, that is how we understand what uh, verse 9 says. Um, verse 10, excuse me, says in, back in Revelation chapter 17, and I'll review that again. It says, there are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. Okay, so that's talking about the kingdoms that have already um, been taken down, and then the one that had not yet come was the Antichrist kingdom in this case. Okay, so let's move on to uh, chapter uh, Let's go on to verse 12. It says, The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as the kings with the beast. So these ten kings match up with those ten toes that we saw on the statue in Daniel chapter 2. Okay, and listen to what their objective is in verse 13. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. Now, where did we see this one mind? We saw it back when we looked at Genesis chapter 11, that Babel, the Tower of Babel, the people came together as one to build this tower and make a name for themselves. Okay, let's look at uh, Revelation 17, 14 now. And, I, and then you might want to write down Revelation 17, 14 because it's all, it's, it can be said that it is the summary verse of the entire book of Revelation. In fact, the first time I studied this book, I memorized Revelation 17, 14 and have held on to it ever since. It is a great memory verse. You might want to write it down on an index card and keep it with you. So it says... 
These will make war with the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Wow, what a great verse to hold on to. Okay, let's move on to verse 15. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. This again points back to Genesis chapter 11 where we looked at these multitudes coming together. This is the, in this case, as we look forward, it is the Gentile nations coming together. Um, and it says in verse 16, and the 10 horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So there is a point where as we have the, the false trinity working together and we have the harlot working with this trinity, there is a point where they are tired of the harlot. They no longer want to use her. They get rid of her. They throw her away. They burn her with fire, it says. And then it says in verse 17, for God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. So all power, as we're looking through the seven year tribulation to the end here, all the power, those who are in power during the tribulation keep working toward giving all the power and the authority to the beast, to the Antichrist. So he has total world power toward the end. And it says even just for one hour, okay, until the words of God are fulfilled, meaning until Jesus returns to the earth. Okay, and then we're in the last verse, and this is the full interpretation so we can understand what Babylon is or who Babylon is. In verse 18 it says, and the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. And, and how does she reign over the kings of the earth? Look at verse, uh, back to verse 6. It says, and I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. So this is all people collectively who did not want Jesus to rule and reign over them. They rejected his authority they wanted to set up their own authority, they wanted to be their own people, and they wanted nothing to do with God. And so that is the mindset here, and it is only superficial, and it will only last um, until Jesus returns, and then he will defeat them for their rebellion against God. Let's, um, let's close out this teaching with a really important psalm. Let's go to Psalm 2, and it gives us a full understanding and picture of rebellion against God and what God does about it. So let's end our teaching with Psalm 2 and look at that together. Okay, Psalm 2. All right, let's read that together. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Verse 7, I will declare the I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. 
ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all those who put their trust in him. And so I just want to ask you, have you put your trust in Jesus? Are you rebelling against him or have you put your trust in him? I urge you to put your trust in him. It is much better to be with the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords than to be without him. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you so much for this teaching. Thank you so much for your word that that shows truth, that rings truth into our ears. And Lord Jesus, I just pray everyone who hears this, hears the sound of my voice, has made the decision to make Jesus the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in their own lives personally so that they know they will be in a righteous kingdom with him forever and ever. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. We will look at chapter 18 next time. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to our teaching today on the book of Revelation. And if you are looking for more tools and resources from Encouraging Women for Christ, please visit our website at encouragedinchrist.org. We are here to help and encourage you on your journey to learning more about God through His Word.